0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May. Th- Holy shit, I didn't even realize this. This is a Friday, the 13th episode, little spooky, spooky episode of the Crease uh, Dive. And- uh. The 2022 NCAA college lacrosse tournament is officially underway. We had two play in games going on earlier this week with Vermont waxing the shit out of Manhattan and Delaware curb stomping Robert Morris. I'm Jordy from Barstool with me. As always, we've got Dukes on the mic and Dukes. it is finally here. The first round of the tournament gets going tomorrow afternoon. How are we feeling brother?
1: Well, I don't know. So this is Wednesday that we're recording. So I'm picturing myself Friday morning right now, not being good because it's Friday the 13th and just ruined my morning vibes, going to work Friday the 13th, a little bit scared for the weekend. Now Uh, I don't think I have a good history with Friday the 13th, especially not in my betting repertoire. So I don't know, but right now I'm feeling good back, back in the Mecca, back in Garn City, back on the Island, not in the Island, on the Island. Uh, Some of these teams, Jordy, that are coming up this weekend might be playing on the Island in a couple of weeks. So, if they're lucky enough, maybe I'll come down and see them. But, yeah, I'm excited for this weekend of the games. Um, One of my, obviously, favorite weekends of of the year. Always always fun to see what little mid-major can give a a big boy a scare in the first round.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, like, I'm thinking, you know, these games, they just wrapped up on Wednesday. Uh, Both Vermont and Delaware looked like wagons. Now, granted, listen, I – we're a huge manhattan jaspers fan like we're the number one jaspers podcast out there realistically like they might just like suck at lacrosse and they might suck hard at lacrosse so i'm gonna take that that uh that vermont win with a little bit of you know a little grain of salt there. uh final score on that one was 15 to 3 and it was like it was like 11 to 2 like maybe early in the early in the third quarter. Like I was already thinking to myself, like, all right, like Vermont needs to save a few goals left in the tank for when they have to actually need them against uh, Maryland. So that game, you know, could have been a whole lot worse than a 15 to three score already makes it look um, as a uh, fuck. I'm watching the Rangers just scored to take the lead on the penguins um, again. And uh, what's up again. Uh, Oh no, that was just a replay. All right. still four, three. Um, but yeah, so I mean that game 15 to three, like already looks like a shit kicking. It could have been yeah. a whole lot worse. Uh, and then that Delaware win over Robert Morris, 20 to eight, another one, 12 goal win that looked a whole lot worse. Um, I mean, Delaware though, like that win over Robert Morris, that's, that should be a little scary to Georgetown. Like Friday the 13th should spook him out in the first place. And then the fact that they have to play against that Blue Hens team in the first round, also extra spooky.
1: Yeah. I- I'll say this. Vermont, coming into the year, top 20, had a lot of returning guys coming. You know, they had Burke at the faceoff X coming back. They, they looked poised to be a top 20, top 10 team for the entire year. They started off the year awful. Um, they had some bad losses to begin the year, just some dick kickings. Um, three goals, three game skid against Dartmouth, Providence, UMass. Just didn't look like didn't look like the team that we thought they would be. Um, but they, hey, they played a good keeper in my opinion, and Brendan Krebs today. Um, and and, and they and they
0: lit him up. I mean, Thomas McConvey. Yeah. Uh, and and Michael McCormack like both of those guys were slinging it like we're just they like I I don't even think that they realized that there were five and a half other feet of net below that top shelf like I think they strictly thought that the only place that you could score on a lacrosse net is like those like four to six inches right under the crossbar and they were just painting it
1: anytime you see 29 shots it, it, you, you know you're going to be in a rough day, especially for Krebs. I will say, I do I do wonder, you know, Cork had him pretty high on the PLL board, but I, I, wonder, I wonder if we, we, that's the last we've seen him in cage. But overall, great career, if not. Um, not much else to say on that game. It was kind of, kind of a wash, kind of sucked. But I, I know that you don't, you don't want to play Vermont right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. And then Delaware. What, what, what's not to say, I, I kind of saw this as a dick kicking all the way through. When, he, when I saw the spread, there was seven and a half, uh, it was seven and a half in favor of um, Vermont and two and a half in favor of Delaware. I honestly thought that it was going to be like five and a half Delaware and a little bit lower for Vermont. Um, Ma- Manhattan wasn't the team that I thought they were, and Delaware was the team that I thought they were. So, yeah, th- nothing really too shocking, though, in, um, in the playing games.
0: Yeah. No, I, I will say like, from and this isn't like anything to Vermont's like own doing, but like this stretch that they, so after starting the season one and six and yeah, like they had a good win over Penn state. Um, I know the Penn state sucked ass this year, but like, I'm still going to call win over Penn state, a good win for Vermont ever since that one and six start. Like, yeah, they've been on fire. They've won. I don't know, like probably eight, nine, 10 games in a row at this point. Um, None of them are against like teams that yep, exactly. really like know how to play lacrosse like that. Well. Um, so the fact that like, so I mean, like, let, let, let's just run down. Like uh, so NJIT, Canisius, UMBC, UMass, Lowell, Albany, Binghamton, so, like the fact that, you know, they've been running through those teams and then they get faced up against Manhattan in the first round, like another team who's right on that level. The fact that they have to go from that to now going up against Maryland in the first round. Who's pretty good. Yeah, I I mean, Maryland, like just a known, like, mover of the lacrosse ball, scorer of the lacrosse ball, stopper of the lacrosse ball. Like, they've been known to do a few of those things. Um, Like, if I'm Vermont, I'm a little upset that we didn't get – the Robert Morris matchup to at least like test us a little bit better and get us like, this is like, this is like someone who like just learned how to, how to make like a PB and J sandwich. And now you're on, like, you're on the line cooking at like a, you know, a Michelin star restaurant and they're like, okay, here you go. Like you just learned how to do a peanut butter and jelly. Now, like make this souffle. I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah it, we we like we like understand like we were winning lacrosse games, but that's not the same thing as playing against Maryland.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you're you you know you're a business major freshman year of college. You're taking econ one hundred, and you're like, oh, this this business shit's really easy. You're feeling like Jordan Belfer. You're watching The Wolf of Wall Street. You really think you got this business shit down? Then all of a sudden, you get your dick kicked in by finance three hundred. You're doing statistical like theories, and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's that's what it's gonna take. It's basically from going to econ one hundred. To finance 300 when you play Manhattan versus Maryland, but yeah, at least they saw a good keeper. That's all I'll
0: say. They They saw, saw yeah, they saw a good keeper. They, they got a lot of high volume shots and I do think that they could have scored way more goals in that game than they actually did. So that means that there's going to be at least a few reserve goals from tonight that'll carry over into Sunday against Maryland. Um, But again, like, so that's, listen, I, I don't, I love Vermont. Big, big fan of the Catamounts. Um, big fan of Burlington as, as a, you know, as, as a city. Um, awesome place to visit. Great beer, great food, uh, good music and shit like that. So nothing but love for Vermont. They're going to get fucking plastered against Maryland, but like anyone would in the first round. The That Delaware window, like that was one where I'm like, okay, like Georgetown is going to win that game most likely, but it's it's going to be a game. Like it's going to be within five goals, I think.
1: No, I don't, I don't disagree at, at all. It's going to be awesome to see like Mike Robinson. I think one of the best shooters in the country going against like McElroy, Bowen, that Georgetown defense. Yeah. I think Georgetown's probably a little bit, you know, probably a little, bit, a little bit more talented. Oh uh, they got They got, they got a lot of effects on that, on that, uh, on that roster. But, yeah, I mean, if Vermont go, – just going back to Vermont, if, if they want any prayer, Tommy Burke's going to have, have to have a game and a half. He's going to have to give them possessions. I will say this. I saw McNaney had, like, a season-high 13 saves, which McNaney, I haven't – if you remember last year, if you tuned in last year, I shit on McNaney last year. I, I thought he was overrated, not good. He shut me the fuck up. I have, I've had nothing to say about him this year. I think he's had a wonderful season. He's, he's had like a season high thirteen saves maybe in the Big Ten championship or the semifinals I don't know. If Vermont gets enough possessions and they start letting him loose on McManey, and he, he's seeing more shots than he's seen all year, you don't know what's going to happen because you're just not not used to that volume. Vermont's got good shooters, so that's the recipe for that's the recipe for an upset. But it's the same recipe as last year. When well, Vermont like like I, I I.
0: It's it was a, it's a, last
1: year and they suck they, they lost by like 13
0: yeah i think was it that bad i I thought it was like i thought right, it I thought was it was like six, i thought it was like, like six goal up? yeah i mean six goals is still like it, it wasn't close it wasn't cl- it wasn't like uh oh vermont almost had them by like the skin of their teeth type of thing um no but that i mean that is a really good point that you bring up and like i feel like like most of the time you're in that situation you're vermont and you're going up against maryland and like i feel like the the smart play would be for a coach to be like all right boys like we just got to go in there we got to really make sure that we take care of the ball we have to you know really cherish all of our possessions uh you know really work hard to get some good looks doesn't need to be the first look like that type of shit where it's like mm-hmm. hey like go out there play smart and and maybe we can make this a game if i'm vermont like you just said i throw all that bullshit right out the window and i say boys you get the ball in your stick and you're within like 15, 14 yards, let that shit fly. Like if it gets stuffed, it gets stuffed, fine. But like if we can get 30 shots on net or at least around the net, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, a few of those might might drop a little bit. Now I'm not saying just shoot from anywhere because Logan McNaney's not a good goalie and he's going to let it up. But to the point that you brought up, like, yeah, it's not something that he's necessarily used to. Um, now getting all those shots off is going to be the difficult part for, uh, Vermont. I I don't know if it'll be that difficult for, for Delaware though. I mean, they have guys who love to shoot I mean, just, just in that game, uh, alone earlier to, I mean, it was, uh, you know, Ty Kurtz had, I think nine shots. I think Mike Robinson might've had like 10 shots. Uh, JP Ward might've had somewhere around that. So like guys who, who get the ball often and and like to put it on net. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a good little lineup that they have there. I, I I'm high on Delaware, but I still think um, that Georgetown is just way, way, way too good this year for, and, and especially I big, bigger on McElroy being able to, to hop in there and, you know, stop. You know, put put the put a lot of the kibosh on a lot of those.
1: Yeah, it, this is gonna at the risk of sta- sounding very stupid. There doesn't seem like an easy game in the first round. Does that like?
0: I would. Just, I mean, like I, I would. Team,
1: I, like, who do you is the easiest game?
0: Okay, Does so one think, one I would say Maryland and, and Vermont. Is an easy game for Maryland. is, is an easy game for Maryland. For uh, sure, but you can't take Vermont lightly.
1: Like, I'm not you, saying, like...
0: And also oh, well, last, yeah. year's was,
1: last year's game was 17-11. to 11. So, again, I just... It's just you can't... You can't be falling asleep this week looking ahead of the schedule. Will Maryland win by nine? For sure. Like, there, there, there's no doubt. Like, they'll probably win by 10 or some shit. Like, and we'll be like, why, why, why do we even think this is going to be a game? But I just don't think that they should take this week easy. I don't think can that I, there's any cakewalks.
0: Can I say something? Can I? I have, I have a take, and I, I, I want to get to it a little bit later. I don't want to talk about this matchup just yet, but it's something that I've been talking myself into over the last seventeen to twenty-four hours.
1: Yeah, I, let it fly. What, what okay. else are we doing this podcast?
0: Well, so obviously, you know, Maryland, Vermont. I think that that's an easy game for Maryland. I think the next easiest game here. And, and this one hurts to say because I hate them so much, I think it's Rutgers over Harvard.
1: Fuck you, Jordy.
0: I, I, I've been talking myself into this for, for most of the day right now. I, I don't see that being much of a game at all. Well,
1: let me tell you why you're wrong, um, Sam King, one. Two, if anybody – if there's anybody that I'm going to trust as a coach to put a stop – to this NASCAR offense bullshit, it's Jerry Byrne. Do you give Jerry Byrne a week or two to prepare for that NASCAR offense?
0: I just think you've got, you've got a bunch of kids at Harvard, a bunch of young, young kids playing in the tournament. Big moment for them. They haven't played in a couple weeks because they weren't good enough to get into the Ivy League tournament. So they, they haven't played a game in two weeks. They haven't been hot to end the regular season. So it's not like they like finish the season strong. Like they limp their way out of the regular season. Haven't played in two weeks, have a bunch of freshmen leading the way offensively. Then they have to go up against Cole curse. Who's one of the best goalies in the nation and a guy who can really get hot and really steal a game. If he has to, I don't think he'll have to steal this one, but he can take over a game. So you've got a bunch of freshmen who are going to get stuffed by Cole Kirst and that are Colin Kirst. Um, too many curves to keep up with bunch of bunch of freshmen who are going to get stuffed by colin curse they're going to start to feel you know a little little down on themselves but at the same time like they're like well you know what like we have three more years of this shit anyway like like they're going to feel down on themselves but not to the point where it's like we really have to get it together right now because not only will our season end but our career ends at like it's it's different like when you've got a bunch of seniors leading the way it's like hey if we don't win this like that's the last time we're putting on our jersey sam king is a great lacrosse player he loses this game on so that's that's a sunday game he still has three more years to put on that harvard sweater
1: i i genuinely believe that Jerry broone We'll have a plan for this Rutgers offense. I, I get that the means more.
0: Everyone has a plan until you get punched.
1: And you know what this Harvard team does? They have nothing to lose. You never fight a guy that has nothing to lose, Jordy. I think and they have a lot of- to
0: lose. I think that this is... Harvard?
1: They got the national championship in 2025. They got nothing to lose this year. They're ahead of schedule.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. Well, but what I'm saying is like, this is like they have the ability to make the Ivy league and well, they, they actually, they have the chance to make this selection committee look like the biggest bunch of jokes known to man like this. If they, if they lose by more than I'll just say three or four goals, like Donna looks like a complete and total asshole. She already does, yeah. but.
1: So here's my thing. I, I agree. I agree with like, so they beat Princeton, but then they that Yale loss was they were right there. That was an overtime. So like, I yeah, think they were the, just starting to play their best ball.
0: Were they? They were one and three to close out the season. And then they haven't played since the end of April.
1: So the Cornell loss was really bad. The Penn loss was close. Princeton was their best game of the year. And then I thought they, they lost, um they lost their keeper. What's his fucking name? Um look Kyle Mullen, they lost Kyle Mullen like middle of that Yale game. I think they would have locked it up if he was a goalie. So I just think they're they got unfortunate. And then they win that game during the Ivy tournament. Could they yeah. could they beat could they beat Brown? They already did it earlier in the year. So like I don't know. Then then we're talking about Harvard. Oh, they just dropped the Ivy League championship to Penn. And then you're gonna say Penn's really good, they're a Philly school, Philly Tough, blah blah blah. And then we have a whole another narrative. So
0: well, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. They,
1: let me fucking have this. I want fucking Harvard to win. I can't
0: fucking, I agree. I hate, I hate Rutgers too. I hate Rutgers, but here's the thing. If Mitch Bartolo shoots 1400 shots and he hits the cage on like four of them, then that that's going to have Harvard rattled. If Ross Scott is putting defensemen in the blender at X, that's going to have them rattled. If Colin curse is making saves left and right, because no one can get around his big ass body. That's going to have them rattled. I I think I've, Talk to myself. I'm not going to be able to talk myself off of this one. It hurts to say because of how much I hate Rutgers, but I think that they spank Harvard. So to answer your question that was posed like eight minutes ago at this point, I, I do think that there's yeah. two, two easy games in the first round.
1: Yes. Um. Just my last point, Rutgers got kind of shut dicked by Princeton earlier in the year 16 to 11 and Harvard shit kicked Princeton a little bit, 1916. So maybe we can look at a 19-11 Harvard victory for people out there. Maybe. I actually, I was asked if I wanted to go to the Harvard-Buckers game in Piscataway. I don't think I could show my face there
0: just based off of all the shit that we talk on on Rutgers or well yeah I guess you would also be oh going, we I, all- I feel like I feel like I could go at this point I feel like I just said all good things about Rutgers there that might have canceled I still hate them and I would never want to go there but I feel like I, I could show up after after that that uh rousing support
1: yeah fine yeah all right Rutgers fine, fan
0: Uh, all right. So let's, let's talk about, all right. So obviously we, we, uh, we got right into some of the, uh, some of the previews there, but everything gets going on Saturday at noon. So we've got Saturday, 12, two 5 PM, seven 30 PM. Um, I'm I'm so happy that, you know, it's not like It's not like there are a ton of games in the tournament, but there's still like always the chance that the NCAA would be like so dumb and have like two games go off at 12 and then two games go off at five. So um, couldn't be happier that all those are staggered. So everything on ESPNU. um, And so you can just... Sit there on the couch, leave that channel on all day. Um, you know you can throw on some Stanley Cup playoffs, some NBA playoffs, whatever you want on the, on another screen. But you know that everything's just staying right there on ESPN. from twelve to probably I don't know, like nine thirty. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing on Sunday. Um, so I mean, just the. I mean, yeah. Obviously, Final Four weekend is awesome, but like this, this is. I mean, this is the the first Thursday Friday of March Madness.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a toss up with this. Do you like more lacrosse this weekend or do you like next weekend where, it, you know, you see some of these teams, you get an upset. The thing that I love is you get an upset this week. You just need to win one more to go to, to, go to the final four. I mean, you saw it with Albany a couple of years ago. You see it with Towson. Some of these random schools, not random schools, but not, not considered hotbeds or perennial powerhouses. Um, so you, you're looking at teams like St. Joe's and Richmond. They get one done this weekend. They're looking one game away from the final four. Um, pretty cool
0: um bro what what just happened with the bruins i'm I'm seeing a bunch of people freaking out on twitter
1: uh let me see, are you talking State? about the celtics
0: yeah oh yeah that yeah that i say bruins my bad
1: uh they're they just choked it away
0: oh
1: uh, i was trying not to freak out
0: mm it's tough, um, sixers suck too. It's all right. Um, all right, so let let's talk about these games. So obviously, we you know we mentioned uh, a bunch of the Sunday games already with uh, Georgetown playing against Delaware. So I, th- I think that we're both leaning pretty heavily towards uh, towards Georgetown in that one, but no, may- maybe not heavily. But w- would you would you say that Georgetown comes out on top?
1: Yeah, easily. There's, I don't think it's really like a debate. Um, I think.
0: Georgetown. That, I think Delaware, Delaware makes it interesting, but at the end of the day, I, I just think that Georgetown is is just so good at this point.
1: Yeah. I think that this is Georgetown and Kevin Warren need to get over the hump this year.
0: I agree. Uh, the, um, the, the, the Maryland Vermont game, it, it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a good moment for the Catamounts, you know, a good chance for a lot of those guys to get some more, uh, NCA tournament experience under their belt, but at the same time, uh, it's it's going to be a pretty long day, especially for the defense. Um, and then I don't. You're you're obviously leaning Harvard in that Harvard Ruckers matchup. Um, I, I like the Scarlet Knights in that one. So we finally have a little differing opinion on that one. So let's just stay with the Sunday games and then we'll we'll wrap back around to, to Saturday. Obviously, okay. you know, a little maybe, maybe we're not going um uh with with, with, with what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm bad with words right now. Who gives a shit? All right, let's just talk about the other game on Sunday. This is going to be the 2.30 game on Sunday. We've got Cornell and Ohio State. That is going to be a rematch. I believe that these teams played back in the beginning of March. And that was a 14-11 win for Cornell. Um, so we always we always say it's, it's hard to beat the same team twice in one season. Uh, with that being said, like, I think it happened pretty much every time that we said it before the conference tournament. Um, so do, do you think that Cornell comes out on top with their second win over the Buckeyes in 2022?
1: Yeah, yeah I do. Um, I think Adler shuts down Myers i I think this is big red all the way to be honest no no real doubt in this one
0: yeah, um, so I mean just just looking at like what Ohio State has done this year like they i i was I was a little shocked that they got into the tournament, but at the same time, like I think that um you know, they've still had a decent season, right? Like it's, it's not like not saying that they had a bad season. Um, I I just think that, you know, maybe Notre Dame belongs in there uh, ahead of them, but obviously Notre Dame lost that head to head matchup. Uh, But just looking at at what they've done this year on the road, they are not a very good team. Um, So they, they have, they have one win on the road this year, and that was way back in February against North Carolina. Um, since then, they've lost on the road to Cornell. They've lost on the road to Rutgers. They've lost on the road to Maryland, um, and then obviously they were on the road for the uh, Big Ten semifinals, where they also lost to Rutgers. So, um, on the road, a, a pretty pretty rough rough go for Ohio State this year. Um, now, I would I would be uh, I'd be remiss if if I didn't bring up a point that I just brought up against Harvard where a lot of freshmen, like this is a very senior heavy team. Um, so like that, that's always going to play a little bit more. Like if, you know, if it's a, if it's a tight game at halftime, like I, I think that maybe they come out with, with just a lot of juice to start off that third quarter and then anything can happen from there. Um, but I do think, you know, Gavin Adler is just top tier defense like a first female american defenseman and when you've got one of those guys in the bag for you um you know and then you know you're, you're stopping them on that end you give the ball to john piatelli on the other end and it ends up in the back of the net Turning rake see you later
1: yeah yeah no i i honestly i'm so fucking mad about the celtics god fucking damn it oh damn i just you know this is what you get when you record during the middle of a die do or die game. I can't believe they choked the fucking lead away. <sighs> but yes, going back to Ohio State, I I think that Cornell will probably break Ohio State's fans' hearts. You know, similar to the way that the Bucks fans are breaking the Celtics fans' hearts tonight. Um, yeah, there's not there's not really much I have to, really have to say about the game. I think that Cornell's defense is better than Ohio State's offense, and I think that Cornell will just get it done on the offensive end. I don't don't, Ohio state's defense hasn't done much to stand out to me this year. I think that the big Ten's a joke. I think that the Ivy league is really good. So that's where I stand. I will say that the the, the conference that has the most to lose this weekend is the Ivy league. Of course, you know, how many teams do get knocked out for them to be like the Ivy league's a joke. The big 10 has a lot to gain from this. You know, you get three through, you you sweep the board as the Big Ten teams um, people start people start taking notice people start saying well you guys were saying that we were all jokes all year um, but yeah not not much on that game.
0: Yeah. Uh I was I was just checking to see if it, it's it's not the I, I thought that there was a chance that we could get a um, a CJ Curse versus Colin Curse matchup in the next round with Cornell and Rutgers, but they uh they'd have to both get to the final four in order for that to happen and I don't see either of them doing that. Um but yeah no I I I agree with you like I, I think that um overall I like I think maybe both both offenses maybe a little little even um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I, I would give a slight edge to Cornell's offense over Ohio state, probably um, not much, but I, I would definitely give the edge defensively and, and a net for, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big chase early guy. So yeah. I, huge. I would, yeah. Um, so I, so I'd give, I'd give them the advantage there. So at the end of the day comes down to face-offs and face-offs is actually probably where, um ohio state really helps themselves out in this matchup um but overall yeah i I think that cornell comes out on top of this one but pretty close yeah i also like cornell in this one um all right cool so then let's uh let's get back into the saturday slate of games so uh on at 12 noon Eastern on ESPNU, we've got Princeton and BU. Uh, pretty sure that this 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 was a match, yeah, this was a, a matchup earlier in the season. Um, and actually, this is, you know, this this is a tough matchup. A tough trend for BU this year because they have not been able to beat an Ivy League team this year. They've lost to Harvard, they've lost to Yale, uh, and then they already lost to Princeton this year, twelve to seven. So, zero and three against the Ivies. Do you see that changing uh, this weekend when they get a chance to play against Princeton again, or do you see them going over four? They go over four.
1: Princeton. I mean, you could kind of make the same argument as you made for Harvard, I guess, saying oh, you know, are they a little cold because they didn't make the Ivy League tournament. I, I think Princeton probably, if anything, feels like they 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 are they 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 are the best Ivy team, even though they weren't able to prove it. So I, I think they come out a little bit hungry. I like I like them to beat BU.
0: Yeah, I, I think that um again, like yeah, not playing in two weeks is definitely going to, um, hurt, hurt Princeton. And this one is especially like given the way that BU has had to get here. So, you know, they, they had a tight game against army in the regular season. Then they had a tight win against Lehigh to, uh, you know, in the, in the conference tournament. And then they had to beat army in the conference championship. So like like BU's rolling right now. Like they're, they're in a good position to play tournament ball. Meanwhile, Princeton's just been like sitting with the thumb up their ass the past couple of weeks. So like, I, I, I think, Bu's really like their only chance here is to get off to a to a real hot early start in this game. Like if if they can get out early and just really shake Princeton and like make them feel like what the fuck is happening here? Like we just like I, like I, I feel like we like just got out of the locker room to start this game and we're already getting getting our shit kicked um then BU has a chance and like they have offensive guys who can do that like Timmy Lay is an offensive stud um DeAlto 40 goal scorer so like they have guys who can put the ball in the back of the net at the end of the day like I feel like Princeton just has more of those guys though and like BU like they're real like like their attack is is real solid like their attack is great um but you know, if if those guys aren't going, are they getting as much help from the midfield as as Princeton's getting? No, like I, th- I think Princeton's a little bit more rounded with their with their top six.
1: Yeah, also oh, I just is it rest or rust? You could also look at it: do they get guys healthy?
0: It's an age-old debate. They... It's a, it's a debate that will definitely come into play when we talk about another game uh, later on on Saturday with with the two time defending champs mm-hmm. um, for I, in in this scenario, I'm going to go ahead and say that Princeton is, is going to be like a, um, may, maybe not, maybe not rust, but dust, right? Like, so they're, they're just going to have to like brush some of that off uh, to start the game. And then I think they, they get themselves going. So they're not on total rust, but I, but I wouldn't give them rest either.
1: I like that. I like that saying too.
0: Uh, all right. So moving on. So wait, hold up. Did, did, I, I think we were, we were both going Princeton on that one.
1: Yeah. I'm Princeton on that one. I don't think BU really has too much. I don't want to say a chance cause everyone has a chance, but yeah, I Princeton. I like a lot. How about that?
0: Yeah. I like, and this is a game where I think, I think BU could definitely go into the locker room at halftime with a, like a, 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 small lead. Um, but then I think things just start clicking for Princeton and they come out on top of this one, probably by, by a couple goals, uh, Penn and Prince or Penn, not Penn and Princeton Penn and Richmond. Uh, so Penn, your 2022 Ivy league champs, they put on a masterclass in the Ivy league tournament after taking down Brown in the semifinals and then taking down Yale in the, uh, conference championship and Richmond coming out of the SoCon after ending the Cinderella season for Jacksonville. um, They've, they've also, I mean, Richmond, listen, they're, they're hot and they've proven that they can play against anybody in this, in this nation when they took down Virginia earlier in the year. Now, did they benefit from, from a couple injuries? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, definitely for sure. Uh, But like you, you beat Virginia. I'm not going to say that they're going to come into this game with no chance, even regardless of how great Penn has been playing over the last week.
1: I, I like Richmond personally in this one. Uh, I think Lanchbury, Brian Lanchbury is a stud. Um, I liked the way that I feel like Richmond is also one of those programs. Kind of like a, Richmond being, Richmond being in the Final Four one day wouldn't surprise me as a program. I think that that's the trajectory of Richmond's program. I think that they can steal recruits from the Northeast. I think they can, they can get Philly, Long Island kids to come down, buy into their program. So I see Richmond as a Final Four team one day. And I think that this is a team that's talented enough to get there. And it would not surprise me. And if they beat Penn, they beat Penn, all they have to do is be the winner of Rutgers, Harvard. That's not impossible.
0: No, not at all. And I, you know, I, I think that um I don't know a, a lot of this game's gonna come down to um well, one did, was was there did they ever say anything on the broadcast about James Shipley in that conference championship? I, I know that he wasn't playing, but I, I don't know if it was just like a a tweak or something like that. Either way, like something to watch out for in this in this game, uh James Shipley's health. Um, I don't know. I like I think overall, like I I would say that Penn has the best player on the field, the second best player on the field, probably probably like the top like four players on the field. So like that's always going to help you win a game. The thing that scares me the most about Penn is just like every every game that I watch, it seems like they have like five to seven minutes, like, and, and that maybe not in a row, but like there are like five to seven minutes of every game where it looks like they just like forget how to play lacrosse. Like they're turning the ball over on the clears. Um, they're taking, they're forcing the crease a lot. They're not getting good. Like looks that way they're rushing things. So Richmond's one of those teams where it's like, yeah, like they're going to be a pain in your ass all day. And if you, have those five to seven minutes of playing like some dangerously shitty lacrosse and like you let them stick around in the game after like throughout that then it's going to be a dogfight the whole time so um now may- maybe maybe pen puts together a whole if pen puts together a whole 60 minutes and james shipley is is healthy um and sam hanley is just going downhill like the like 610 monster that he is then I think that Penn comes out on top of this one without breaking much of a sweat. Um, but if they do their usual, Oh fuck. Like we forgot how to clear the ball for half a quarter and Richmond makes you pay on a couple of them dog fight until the end. But I I still like Penn coming out on top regardless.
1: I, I also like, I feel like Richmond, you don't know which Penn team is going to show up. As we've said, I don't know. Is it going to be the sloppy pen? Or is it going to be the clean up pen? Is Shipley hurt. Is Shipley injured? Is he healthy? You don't know. There's question marks surrounding that. Penn, since the Virginia game, really, or even you could look at, like, since the Georgetown game, they're playing good, good, good ball. I think Richmond upsets Penn. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm...
0: listen, I, I I love that because we need we need a few differences in here. So we Because
1: Richmond's Richmond's just heating up at the right time. It's not really like they've had like sure you could say they look at playing the SOCOM, but they, they like since April they played Jacksonville twice. I'm not I'm not down on the played twice. No, I know, but I'm just saying for anyone out there that's like, oh they're playing the SOCON, it's not the Ivy, blah blah Jacksonville. I, I don't think if you've watched any sort of lacrosse year, I think that anyone would be like, Yeah, Jacksonville's a good lacrosse team. High point's not a bad team. And they fucking kicked the shit out of high point the first time. So they've had, played high point twice since the beginning. So since since April, they played Virginia, who beat 17-13. Jacksonville twice, where they split, split them. Mercer and VMI, which are cakewalks. And then high point twice. And they beat, kicked the shit out of high point the one time. So... You, you, and you can't really say the same thing about Penn in the past, like since April, you don't know what team you're going to get.
0: Yeah. But in the past so, week, they beat, they beat Brown and Yale. And that's better than anything. Well, maybe besides that, Virginia. Sure. Win early, sure. But how, early... you, you... No, I, 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 I know what say you're that. saying. I know what you're saying where there's a lot but, of inconsistency with Penn and the fact that they haven't found a way to lock in what Penn they want to be for an extended period of time. Yeah. Is definitely, definitely dangerous.
1: I don't know. I also just think that with the Ivy League tournament, did you also like? Did you exhaust a lot of mental toughness last weekend, or is it one of those things where you're getting the ball rolling? So there's, I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks for me.
0: With yeah, I, I, make, I, I think if they went to the final four. Yeah, I, I think that the the like, did you waste a lot of like of, like of your of your energy in the, yeah? I think that that would play a lot better if Penn then had to go on the road for this game, especially because that bus ride to Richmond, it's not necessarily that quick, um, pretty boring. You're going to be, you know, maybe it's going to be a little warm in the bus. You're going to be, I don't, I don't know what the, what the dress code is to, to travel. Um, So like, yeah, like having to go through all that in the Ivy League tournament and then if they had to travel would be a little rough. The fact that it's a home game makes it a little bit easier for them to kind of rest up and and get themselves ready. I I think that a home game is definitely going to help them be a little bit more comfortable in this one. And I think that that's probably why we'll get a little bit of, of the of the the shit kicker United pen than the oh, fuck, we forgot how to throw and catch the ball for a little bit.
1: Look, I could be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time on the pod, on this podcast, and it would sure, for sure not be the last. But um, I think that, I think the winner of this has a great shot of going to the final four.
0: I like that. I, I I I would agree with that. Like either way, either way it shakes out, whether it's Penn or Richmond, I I like I like that take. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So moving on to, I believe that this is going to be the uh, the five o'clock game. We've got now now another another Ivy who might be on upset alert. We've got the Yale bulldogs fresh off of getting their ass kicked by one Philly team in Penn. They will be hosting the St. Joseph's Hawks making their NCAA tournament debut uh, under Taylor Ray. So St. Joe's winner of the NEC and Yale coming in as the, uh, as, as the runner up in the Ivy league conference. Uh, now, I mean, th- this is a Yale team where they clearly know a thing or two about tournament success, especially in the, in the past few years, right? They've, they've played in national championship games. They've won national championship games, been to final four. Like Andy Shea has this Yale team as a top tier program uh, and St. Joe's really hopes that this, this uh, tournament birth makes them a program on the rise, but, Still, you know, it would be it would be ill advised to even think about putting these two programs in the same stratosphere. Um, so, you want to talk about a team who has nothing to lose and a team who has everything to lose? Like this is this is a big David versus Goliath matchup here. Dukes,
1: anyone that listens to the selection show probably knows where I'm going with this. Again. Who bought Yale when everyone was selling Yale? Just remember this. Who was buying Yale when everyone was selling Yale? Your boy. So this team's gotten better and better throughout the year. They're tough. They're well-coached. They win in May. They have it really all. They have the stud in Brandell. They have the, the defensive leadership crispy they got the young studs they got the sharpshooters but you smell that
0: i'm i'm catching a whiff of it right now you know what it's actually coming in pretty heavy here
1: yeah that's upset alert it smells like upset alert to me I, I, uh. upset uh. alert yeah. I think the Joes, they, they just got something cooking. Um, I, I, I think very highly of Taylor Ray. I think he's one of the more underrated coaches in, in probably college across. I think that Zach Cole is going to steal a lot, a lot of possessions for uh,
0: TD Erlin well. ain't walking
1: through that door. He's not. He actually graduated a couple of years ago for those that, for those that forget. I think Bombers a stud. I think the midfielders for the Joes are studs. Um, who is the I, guy you talking about? Patrick Clemens.
0: Pat, Pat Clemens. Know. He's he's going to be a menace defensively. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like Joes.
1: Like I like Joes. Like I'm not going to be. I'm not going to set up the the be like. I think that they I'm have to be face off. the
0: bush, I like it.
1: I'm not going to be. I'm not going to. Let's cut. Let's cut to the bullshit. Let's cut to the bullshit. Um,
0: Listen, I am I'm riding, I'm riding with the Hawks on this one. The Hawk never dies. Uh, I mean, this is a, this is a team where again, like I mentioned this a lot, like they're, they're a team that loves to score the ball. And, and I know that like any offensive player does, but like, they, they do it in a way where they like to be as disrespectful as possible. Like, like they're going to score they're going to make sure that their social team gets a great angle of it. They're going to post it, yeah. they're going to ta- they're going to tag you on the way out. They're going to be like, "Hey, remember when I fucking dunked on you like this?" I mean, they've got 3 40 goal scorers on the team. So if you have Zach Cole winning faceoffs and getting the ball out to those guys, they're going to score. Like they're going to get theirs. Um, like I mentioned, you know, they they've got they've got some guys defensively um, who can really be a problem for like at, at the end of the day, yeah, Matt Brandout is easily the best player in this game. The best player in this matchup is Matt Brandout. There's no doubt about that. But if he's, you know, get, getting in a little bit of trouble with whatever matchup he's facing, um, I, I think the team Joe's has enough guys where they can make life hard for some of those younger Offensive players who would have to then step up and fill in for Brando if he if Brando not able to completely take this one over by himself, which he has the capability of doing so like I'm not saying like I, 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 I do think that there's still a very good chance that Yale wins this game just based off Matt Brandall alone like I think he's that good, but if he is getting locked up a little bit. I I think that St. Joe's has enough to be like, all right, like, yeah, Chris Lyons, like you're probably going to get some of yours, but also at the end of the day, like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're a freshman. We're going to figure out a way to, to shut you down. Um, And then we're going to shut you down. We're going to bring it down the other end of the field. One of our 40 goal scores is going to put it in the back of the net. We're going to go line up at the face-off stripe. Zach Cole is going to get us the ball again. We're going to take it back down. We're going to score again, and we're just going to make it take it for a little bit. Um, So I, I do think that there's, there's a heavy, heavy upset alert here. Maybe a lot of that is my Philly bias, I'm I'm going to pick St. Joe's in this one. Um, but at the end of the day, like also Matt Brandel is just so fucking nasty at lacrosse. So like, I'm not going to be like, they have like this game's St. Joe's all the way. Like, I, I think that it's, it's a coin toss between the entire St. Joe's roster, their bench, their family, their coaching staff, their training staff, like their Dean of admissions versus Matt Brandel. And at the end of the day, I think that that's a toss up.
1: I'm going St. Joe's. But if Yale wins and you come at me calling me stupid, I won't flinch and I won't care. And I'll probably pick Yale to win the following week and I'll hop on their bandwagon again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, now let's, we, we mentioned uh, home field advantage earlier when we were talking about how Penn's not going to have to travel to, how Richmond's going to have to travel to Penn. Now you want to talk, about the the definition of home field advantage let us talk about the brown bears they will be hosting the two time defending champion virginia cavaliers in providence this weekend and what's what's Virginia doing to get ready for this game? How are the two-time defending champs getting themselves dialed in to go up to Providence to play against the same Brown program that Lars Tiffany used to coach that Lars Tiffany played for, coached at, brought them to a final four in 2016, and then just left them, just ghosted them to head down to Charlottesville to take over for Domstargia in Virginia right now? So this is uh this is a tweet from from Mike Barber on Twitter, I believe his handle is uh, at RDT underscore Mike Barber. All right, so here we go. Let's, let's hope I don't fumble over any of these words. To simulate the hostile environment it expects Saturday night at Brown, UVA lacrosse had about 40 students attend last night's scrimmage, heckling the team and coaches. One yelled to Lars Tiffany, if you were a better coach, you would have won a national championship at Brown. So Virginia, as they're getting ready for this matchup against Brown, like they're not worried about the X's and O's. They're not, they're not going over, over film. They're not scouting. They're not going over their own offense, like what they need to do to win this game by themselves. They're getting ready to face Larkin Kemp and all those other insane Brown alums who are going to be tailgating their balls off for this game, showing up to that field rowdy as ever, and just letting the two time defending champs have it. So Larkin and the boys already well established in Lars, Tiffany's head here.
1: I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Damn. In, in, in what way? I don't think that, they, I think the whole like, oh, they're in Lars's head. Um, How about Lars is probably being a good coach. You know, there's, there's one, there's one team that's won two, two national championships and probably knows how to, how to prepare for a playoff atmosphere. And it's probably Lars. He knows he knows what he's getting into because he knows how much this means to Brown because since he's the alumni, he coached there. He knows what he's walking into. If he wa- if if he didn't even try to prepare for the atmosphere or didn't even tr- try to prepare in the slightest bit for this game, I think he'd be a horrible coach, and we'd be saying, "What was he thinking?" Like you know, he's probably playing music really loudly or like blowing whistles at practice. You know, like the, the with the siren, trying to like so they could go through their play calls. And then I saw some people chirping, like, oh, that's like, you're, that's a V3 crowd. Like, this is going to it's going to be a lot more people than 40.
0: Do you know how fucking hard it
1: must have been to find 40 kids on campus that are ready just to like scream their head off? Like, it's lacrosse. It's not like you're preparing for a football game. It's not like the UVA football coach is like, yo, come on down and like, can you guys like help us like practice for this Virginia Tech atmosphere? Finding 40 kids, I was surprised. So I think that this whole thing like in your head is, is kind of a bunch of bullshit to be honest, Like you don't think so. Like, I think that
0: I, I, I think that I think that Lars is a little bit nervous about heading into this environment. And I, I think that this is a classic case of a coach just overthinking something. I, I think that you have, you're the two time defending champs. I think that it doesn't matter what environment you step into. You should just be focused on playing your brand of lacrosse and know that that's going to be good enough to beat whoever you go up against. I think the moment you start wasting, even if, even if you're wasting five minutes thinking about, all right, like we got to get ourselves ready for this, for this environment, like you're just hyping everything up. And then I, 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 I just think that you're, you're focusing on the wrong things heading into And who knows? Like maybe, maybe this was like a one-time thing. Maybe it lasted for like twenty minutes, and then that was the end of it. Still think that's twenty minutes too long.
1: Yeah, I'm on the complete opposite page about this. I think that the fact that he is preparing his team to walk into this type of type of environment, or like he he knows he knows this is his first. Like they probably played, they play, play, they lost to Brown two years ago, right before the COVID break. So, you know that this team knows these players probably wants a little bit of revenge too. A lot of these guys were on the team the year they lost. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, you, how, at what point, how long can you prepare for a lacrosse game? In my, in my opinion, basketball and lacrosse are two, two sports where you can't really, at some point, You watch too much film. You have to go out and just execute and play. Where football, you can learn something new. You can learn tendencies, all that. I, I don't think lacrosse takes as much preparation and film work as football. So the fact that he spent 20 minutes preparing them for the atmosphere, preparing them for like a really loud environment, I don't think it's that crazy.
0: Yeah, but then you just you, you just start talking about it and like you spend the 20 minutes like doing it and who knows like how long it was, but then like the whole rest of the week, it's just built up in your head, like yeah man, like we're we're gonna be walking into we're gonna be walking into a battle here, boys. Like we're gonna be walking into hostile territory, and it's like, all right, like who who's gives a fuck? Like you're two time uh, defending that, that champs. Would amp
1: me the fuck up. That would amp me the fuck up. I think it would amp anybody out, like if like they're two time defending champs, like they're like They're like, yeah, people should be fucking cursing at us. I don't know. That's my mentality in it. Like, like if I was getting screamed at, like I would, I think I'd play better. Like I, like I, like hostile environments like get me like fired up. Like if my coach was telling me that like they are going to scream like obscenities at you or whatever, I would be like, let's fucking go.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm just thinking. I don't think it's gonna get in their hands. Two-time
1: defending champs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm see not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're going to be scared about the hostile environment. Like I'm not saying like, but I'm just thinking like maybe, maybe focusing on it a little bit too much now, what I will say little, little piece of advice. Now Larkin, I know that you're listening to this right now. Maybe we'll even put this one out on a social clip for you. A little piece of advice. If you truly care, about the Brown program. And if you really want that tailgate to be a success, if you really want to have that home field advantage work in your favor, do not under any circumstances whatsoever target Matt Moore with any of the chirps. I swear to God, if you start to chirp Matt Moore From the sidelines or if if you start saying any shit to him during warmups, he will fucking murder you. He will put five goals in the back of the net before you can fucking take your next breath. Do not rattle. Try to rattle Matt Moore because it has never ended well for anybody. You leave that man alone. Let him do his own thing. Maybe he'll forget about you. The moment you start saying some shit to him, it's fucking over.
1: Yeah, I mean that it sounds like you know something that I don't. And I'm, i I want to hear about it later if that's the case. And I think that we were talking about the rust versus rest thing. Virginia is healthy now. Virginia's healthy. Um, they, they had they had the rest. They, they they should be healthier than they were before. And again, they're playing for the fucking ACC right now. They're not playing for the University of Virginia. They're not playing for the three P. They're playing for the ACC, and they're trying to show like what the fuck is good in this in this in the, in their league. And I I won't, I won't call out any names or anything like that, but I did see a couple UVA guys liking some tweets about how the ACC got a little bit fucked in, in the selection show. So I I think that they, they think the ACC is still the best conference and I think that they're going to show Brown what the fuck is up and they're going to laugh in their faces as everyone's drunk as shit in the fans. The fans are gonna be getting drunk as shit in the parking lot in Brown in Providence, Rhode Island, and they're gonna be crying on the when when Virginia walks away. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, I personally like this is my this is uh, I haven't had a buy five haven't had a buy five yet.
0: No, no, not yet. Virginia by five. All right, uh, all right. I listen. I I I think that this is going to be this is going to be a fight. This is going to be going to be a great game, great environment. Just a just an awesome, awesome way to to get uh, this tournament started uh, in in Providence. I think that it's going to be so good for the sport. Um, yeah. I mean, rest versus rust. I, I think that this is, this has been some really good rest for Virginia lately. I think that obviously everyone knows that they've been in some injury trouble this year. Um, they've played against three cupcakes on the way out of the season, Quinnipiac Syracuse and Lafayette. Um, so they haven't really had to expend much energy to close out the season. Um, you know, they, they haven't played in, in a couple of weeks. So I think that they're going to be fresh for this game. Um, but I, I do think I don't know. I just think that right now, if if it were just the guys on the field playing, I think that Maryland goes out there and waxes them. I, I still just think that this this game, this is gonna be a a, a Lars Tiffany game, and I don't think in a good way. I, th- I think that he's just overthinking this one. He's going back to his alma mater. He's got to go back to the place that he just left in the middle of the night to go squeak out a, 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 tournament win. I think that I, 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 I don't think, I think what would be best for Virginia is if they were like, Hey coach, like maybe just hang out a little bit. We we've got this, like we're two time defending champs. We're the ones who went out there on the field and did it. We got this. You just hang out for a little bit. Um, but I'm going to go with Brown.
1: Yep. Go ahead. I got one more thing to say. You're, you're talking, you were talking a lot about what, what game was it about the senior leadership? Was that the Rutgers game?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you got, so Ohio state has a senior leadership. And then um, I was saying that Harvard just is a bunch of children.
1: Look, I think you can make the argument that is Brown, a bunch of children, not children, but younger classmen, people that are just experiencing the tournament for the first time, you know, with the COVID year, and the skip year, a lot of these juniors really only played half a freshman year. So this is yeah, this is but a, but they haven't, junior, they haven't had a chance. They haven't had a chance to do later. it the past two. This could also be. I'm not saying it is because Virginia's just they don't they don't they don't uh, what is it rebuild they reload they re, they don't rebuild right they reload they don't rebuild and you could possibly say like Shelley could be looking at things as this is the last time I could possibly get a shot at playing with Matt Moore, with at playing with Petey, and people that I know, know how to get it done in the national championship, know how to get it done in the tournament. So I think Virginia comes out fired up. I think Virginia uh, play of the weekend, Virginia.
0: All right. I, I think that this is um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to call it a coin flip. But I'm I'm gonna side I'm gonna side with Brown just because um, listen I, I I I believe in in special moments I believe in you know I, I think that um, everything right now is just everything that Larkin has been putting into this Brown program I think is just culminating for a truly special moment um, and it might end a- after after that quarter or after that first round win um, but I think that there's just been too much good juju going around and it, for, for that to not, not take place this weekend. Uh, so I'm going to go coin flip, but I'm, I'm rooting for Brown.
1: You know where I stand.
0: We know where you stand. Um, All right. So real quick, let, let's just run through it and uh, give out our pick. So uh, 12 PM on Saturday, Princeton, BU, I, I, Princeton. I believe. Yeah. Princeton, both of us, two uh, 30 Penn and Richmond. I I like I like the Quakers coming out on this one, uh, giving, us, giving us just a big old Sam Hanley game. Uh, Dukes, I think you were in, in between, but I think you were leading in Richmond. All right, so there's a little difference there. Uh, St. Joe's and Yale, I've got the Hawks.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Hawks. Uh,
0: Virginia Brown, split down the middle. Virginia uh on sunday i I don't know which game is going to be i don't don't think that the schedule's out just yet but either way uh one of them is going to be at 12 uh georgetown versus delaware i still like the hoyas in this one but it'll be tight georgetown uh then we've got maryland versus vermont no no need to even go into that one that's maryland uh cornell ohio state i like cornell again cornell and then Rutgers Harvard, another one where we are split. I'm I'm going Rutgers as much as that hurts, but I uh, big big Rutgers in this one.
1: Yeah, I'm not a sellout.
0: I'm going Harvard. Wow, wow.
1: Some people talk about it. Some people are about it.
0: Listen, I, I'm I'm a I'm a guy who uh, full transparency, and uh, I mean, listen, I, I've I've got. I don't know. It, it hurt. I, that I do feel like a salad on that one, but I've just talked myself into it so hard that I can't go back on myself. Um, All right. So it looks like Rutgers, Harvard, Brown, Virginia, and Penn Richmond. So those are the games to watch. uh, And then you guys will figure out which one of us is just the smartest man on the planet and which one is a full blown donkey brained idiot. Uh, All right. So that is your, your 2022, NCAA tournament first round preview. Uh, So we're going to be seeing a lot of great players on the field this weekend, but also a lot of great players. Uh, Their team sucked this year and they didn't make the tournament. Uh, But what they did do this past week is they got drafted to the PLL. So the uh, 2022 college draft just went down on Tuesday night, uh, Little bit of a shocker there with, with the first overall pick. I think, uh, you know, most people are expecting Chris Gray to go first overall. Logan Wisnowskis goes first. Uh, so, number one goes number one to the Chrome. Chris Gray goes second. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys all know the picks by now, but anything really stand out uh, to, to you during the draft? Any picks really stand out to you, Dukes? I I, I mean, I, I thought that
1: the Wisnowskis pick was, was weird, especially because I went with Nick Turn later, it, it, Sudan must have really thought that like he needed a, a lefty sniper because I don't think that was now – you think of the number one guy as the guy, and while he's been able to play that role this year, I, I kind of thought that more. Sh- I, I, I think that Moore should have been the pick. I think Matt Moore is the best player in the country. He could play midfield. He could play attack. He could play off ball. He could be the quarterback. He, he's done it all. So I think he's just very adaptable. He's a pro's pro. I think he's the most pro-ready out of anybody. But then you look at Chris Gray, you know, a little undersized. Got it done in the NCAA. All-time leading uh, points in the NCAA. So, Wustelskis is also a big body. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's a little bit more pro-ready. But I, I thought the pick was a little perplexing. It, it a seemed little like bit, Gray yeah, was the it, lock. But I thought that more should have been the pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you just look around the league, and like you look at what other te- like, so you know, you, the the Redwoods, you've got Pinnell running the show at X there. Um, Water Dogs, like you're gonna have Michael Sowers back there. Um, like you look around, and it's like, all right, like like, do you need like a great X attackman to be the quarterback? And like you look at those teams, and like they're they're two of the best players on the planet. But then you look at who have won a championship in the PLL so far, and it's like they like. I mean, like the, the whip don't really have that ex attackman guy. Like they've, they've got Zed and Rambo, uh, you know, the, the chaos definitely don't have a guy like that. So, um, you know, looking at Chris gray as the first overall pick, it's, it's like, yeah, like would the Chrome would they have gotten there? Um, well, I mean, they would have gotten their Jordan Wolf back or would they have gotten their Rob Pinnell? Would they have gotten their Michael Sowers? Sure. But, you look at what's winning championships so far in the league, and it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe like a big body attackman who can get himself to the cage and shoot the ball and feed, like maybe like that's that's the move. So um perplexing for sure, but I can also see the benefit of it. And and that's also like Logan was now is also like a sick son of a bitch. So it's not like it's like, wow, like yeah, that was, that was a reach. It's just it wasn't, wasn't a what reach. Was expect- it wasn't what I was expecting.
1: When he went, when Sudan came into the draft, like we have three options. It was clear that Wisnowskis was the third option. And then that's when I started selling myself on it either being more or Wisnowskis. I, I personally would just would have went with more. It's not really like what that I'm a podcaster and there's people that run these leagues and win championships and I'm not that guy. So I'm, I'm just a stupid commenter with stupid opinions, but I, I also hate, I hate mock drafts. I hate people that are like, you know, I, I put like Nakai at like 10th on my big board of like 10 best players. People are like, are you think he's really gonna go out of the first round? It's like, yeah, I fucking do. I think that he's a really good lacrosse player, but I don't think he's going to be a top eight pick. Like, that's not me like like slandering him. And then he goes like 16th. And I was like, fuck you, fuckers. Mock jacks are so stupid. I fucking hate them. Sorry, Dan, but I hate them. They're so dumb. Uh I, like and then the, and then like the grades, like we're gonna grade people on like how we think that these teams drafted like we won't know how good these fucking drafts draft picks are until like a couple of years from now half these players aren't even going to be in the league in a couple of years so like i think the whole thing is so dumb and stupid
0: two things there. so one totally with you on mock drafts sucking especially because there's no one in the world there's no one who does a mock draft and then they're like that's my mock like that's that's my mock like they're always like now here's my next mock draft oh here's my third mock draft here's my fourth like uh, like a weekly thing it's like listen you you can't keep doing this shit because then it's just like all right like you're just playing make-believe in your head like how about you just hang out a little bit until the draft actually happens like if, if you want to do a mock draft you should have to do one like a couple weeks before the draft and then shut the fuck up about it and then see how you do right then and there um the grading of the draft. This is a pick that I really want to talk about because I feel like a lot of people are shitting on it and they're going to, when, when they grade the draft, like they're going to give it a bad grade, but also like, it's like insane to me because I don't. So the, the, um, the Asher Nolting pick for the cannons. A lot of people out there, like are like just being like, what the hell was Quirk thinking with picking up Asher Nolting? Yeah, he's a great player, but um, like, how's how's he going to fit in with the offense with Lyle? Like, here's the thing: a lot of people they look at Asher Nolting and they're like, yeah, like he like he's better when he has the ball on a stick. He needs to be like a primary ball holder, and then you've got Lyle who is the best player in the world. So obviously, the ball is going to be in his stick what's crazy to me why like everyone's already rushing to be like these two guys can't play together at what point in Asher Nolting's playing career has he ever not been the best player on his team? Probably never. Right. Like he was probably in high school, always the best player on his team. He came into high point and was leading the team in, in points as a freshman all four years, like maybe like the first year that he played lacrosse. So, Like, everyone's like, oh, he can't be – like, he's not an off-ball guy. He needs to be carrying the ball. It's like, no, idiots. Like, he's just never played on a team where he hasn't had to have the ball all the time. Like, who knows? Like, you could put him out there with Lyle Thompson, and maybe he's going to be great off-ball. Maybe he's going to be great at at setting picks and slipping off. Like, we just – nobody knows because they've never had to see Asher Nolting play – with someone who's better than him on his own team so like that that's always that's the one thing that i've seen uh with the with the grading of drafts that just doesn't make any sense to me where people are like oh this is never going to work and it's like you have no fucking idea if that's true or not because you've just never seen it
1: also i think that sean quirk wouldn't have drafted a guy that he didn't think would fit into his offense like at the end of the day, like, no, I don't think,
0: I don't think that he's, uh, I think that he's kind of an idiot when it comes to drafting at the end of the day. So I'm not, I'm not going to give like Sean Quirk, like the, I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, that guy knows what he's doing. Um, He's, he's, listen, uh, all right. That's a little disrespectful. He's a head coach in the PLL. So maybe he, he knows what he's doing, but I don't think that he's good at the draft. And I think that he needs to stop giving the Atlas his first round pick every year.
1: I, I mean, that's a different, that's, that's a different question. He stinks at trades.
0: Yeah, I think I think he stinks at
1: trades. That I mean, the Paul variable trade will, will go down as like he won All Star year. The, the, I'll, I'll go to the next and, thing and a, Yeah, yeah, I'll go in the next thing after the Chris Gray to the Atlas. Just like him, T, and then the fact that you could throw in Caraway. Like I think Caraway would probably have to move to midfield. Um, I just don't see how it fits unless.
0: Eric oh, you don't Wall, th-
1: like on the crease? I, I don't know because I think Eric Wall will go on the crease.
0: Oh, 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 you're, you're just saying you don't Eric know. Yeah, you're not saying you don't know how the offense fits. You're just saying you don't know how all these guys fit into the lineup. Yeah, like Carraway, yeah. I fucking
1: I, I love him. Like, I, he's a fucking stud. Like, he, if he, if, like, he can get traded from the Atlas and he'll be a stud on any of the teams. He's yeah. A, he's a, he's a pros pro. He's going to be a fixture in the league. My only thing is, how does he fit with Gray coming in? Like, if Gray goes to X, and, like, why wouldn't Teat play X? It's just that there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, yeah. But I think there, there'll be, like, I, I envision it as kind of like was talking last night. Teat on the left, Brown on the right, put Law in the middle and be, like, the off-ball guy, kind of like the Jay Carlson. I, I think that's a, that's a scary fucking offense. I think the Atlas to win.
0: And, and, then, and then coming out of the midfield, you would have Caraway and Costabile, just, like, two of the angriest players in, in all Dox. time. And Docs, Yeah.
1: Like that team that team is scared. Danny Logan. I mean, and then we're gonna get into the Atlas trading for the Cat. So they're trading the Cannons. The Cannons got Bubba Fairman in round two, pick three, and the Atlas will get the Cannons first round pick next year. The Cannons very well could be the worst team in the league. Again, or like you know, like bottom two again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're I gonna, they're like gonna a- they're gonna get they're gonna get a high pick for sure out of that trade
1: and who knows like that that was the trade of of the night um i don't anything else really stick out to you
0: um well i mean i i think that um that matt Moore than falling to the archers is just an embarrassment of riches I, i think that that's i mean the archers have to win a championship this year with with that um, with that lineup offensively. Um, but he, he's just going to be so good there. Oh, you know what? I, I actually did. I, th- this was a take that I originally, um, put out there just kind of joking, but I've, I've talked myself into it being, um, like if, 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 if you're a betting man and if, if you're able to, uh, bet on, um, player props in, in week one, I mentioned this. Uh, so I said that Matt Moore getting drafted to the archers is huge just because they wear the same colors as Virginia. So like if Matt Moore wanted to, he could play in week one in his Virginia gloves and his Virginia elbow pads, because like you don't want to have to go into week one breaking in new gear. It's gonna feel a little mm-hmm. awkward, especially like that first first couple quarters. Um, but if but if Matt Moore coming fresh off of a, another trip to Memorial Day weekend then goes and plays week one for the Archers, gets to wear the same gloves, same elbow pads, everything's broken in, game ready. I think that he has the best week out of any of the rookies in week one.
1: That's it's a fair, fair take. I also think the Archers getting a face-off guy was huge. I, I made a tweet right after the Moore thing. I was like, cool, they got Matt Moore. They got another offensive piece, but like, do they still have a face-off guy? They got Anasio from Ohio State, who I'm fairly high on. I like Canadian guys, and I think that he'll actually adapt to the pro game pretty well. I feel like the Canadian guys are just tough at the X and with the new face-off rules that the PLL has, I think he was a good pick.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, another one. Uh, just shout out to Max Wayne of Christopher Newport, uh, the lone D3 guy getting drafted uh, this year. He got picked up by the Atlas in the third round. Um, yeah. I mean, r- rest of everything kind of, you know, I, I don't think that anyone had what
1: well,
0: I, I, I mean. Also- the can- What's up?
1: The Chaos got a bunch of uh, Canadian Canadians. Canadians, yeah. yeah. I, like, of course, the Whipsnakes got a couple of Maryland guys. I personally love the Wheaton Jack, Jackaboy's pick for the Whip Snakes. I think that he could be a weapon on man up. I think that it, it, it'll be interesting to see because between him, I think him and Will Perry, my boy, they're they're going to be battling at training camp or yeah, training camp because Wheaton will be there for who kind of stays on the roster or who, who, cause who knows, do they cut like a John Haas? Do they cut a Mike Chanichuk? But then you're looking at Wheaton and will both great talented middies, both very good shooters. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, do they want to go younger? Do they want to keep a couple of vets? So it'll be interesting to see how the Whipsnakes shake out that midfield
0: yeah i mean i so i don't think that anyone um anyone did terrible and i mean we'll still have we'll have to wait and see how uh the asher nolting playing with lyle thompson actually looks in person um but like right now like I'm, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that they just drafted a top 10 career college across point score so it's like if a guy like that's on the board, like at the end of the day, when it comes to drafting, you always have to take just the best player available. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on the cannons for that one. Um, the trading up for, for Bubba Fairman might've been like, I don't even, I don't hate the pick of Bubba Fairman, but I don't think that you needed to get rid of your, your first round pick next year to get him. Um, but other than that, like, I I don't think that anyone necessarily did did a, you know, terrible job in this, um, in this draft. I know that there are some people who might be a little bit down on it. I don't really, I don't really see that.
1: Who do you think had the best one?
0: Uh, I think, I think Today? Atlas, no, I would, I would go at, I think Atlas and archers had the best, had the best night. Um, I thought that Redwoods and, um, Redwoods and chaos got like exactly who they needed. Um, I'd also maybe put whip snakes in there. Um, I don't see anything wrong with with what the with the Chrome. Like I just don't know. Like what's the deal with Brendan Nickturn? Like how how long can can he play for before he has to go serve? Like I don't I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't like I, I I I I've I've heard how it works, but like I don't know off the top of my head. So it's like does is Johnny Wist- Serdick,
1: yeah, like Johnny Serdick, I feel like has played
0: he did but then i th- i thought last year he was on yeah. like yeah. back to military um so i mentioned sure he plays
1: this summer they probably give him this summer, yeah
0: right? yeah so I, yeah <laughs> i mean if, if he if he plays this summer like i think that the chrome He's did great like yeah yeah. So I, I, I mean, I think, so you've, you've got Wisnowskis who's, who's a stud Nick turn. Who's a stud. Um, I think that Ryan McNulty is, I mean, he's a Philly guy, so I'm obviously going to have to hype him up a little bit, but I I think that he's uh, a perfect fit for the pro game um, a shortened field up and down real fast. Like I, I think that he's a guy who can really hurt you in transition. Um, yeah, and then I mean you got to own as well. Oh, you know what? Actually, though, the one thing that I do want to say about the Cannons, fuck the Cannons. Um, because they drafted Colin Kirst uh after just signing our boy Drake Porter. So a little messed up that they're gonna make even more of a of a goalie battle heading into camp for Drake. I think that, that was a that was a dirtbag move. So I'm out on the cannons, besides unless Drake is the starter. If Drake's the starter, then I'm all in.
1: Yeah, and also. Drake, Drake's never been shy of a little competitive spirit. Drake Drake saw Colin Kirst get drafted and he said, you know what that that means? That means one more chip to add to my shoulder. I think. He never told me that. But (laughs) I I would, I'm going Atlas. Atlas had the best, (laughs) Atlas had the best draft, I think, by far. I think, honestly, probably Chaos, number two, I really liked their draft. I like the Redwoods draft, Whipsnakes, Chrome, Water Dogs, Cannons. I really like the Water Dogs. The, the Water Dogs overall, I didn't really like their draft, but I did like the pick of Jack Hanna. I just think that he fits like that Water Dogs midfielder mold of just like being tough nosed, two way midi. I think that, that he'll just fit into that offense and that midfield unit seamlessly.
0: Um, Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm good and with I've all
1: that. I've never analysis in my life.
0: What's up? I've never been wrong on analysis in my life. I can't think of one single time. Uh, but yeah, so that was the 2022 PLL college draft. Uh, so, I mean, we're only, only a few more weeks away, uh, before that season gets started. But before we get to that, we still have three more glorious weekends of college lacrosse and it all gets going on Saturday at noon. Uh, so boys and girls, like whatever you have planned for this weekend, just make sure that you've got a a TV screen in front of you, a couple, couple ice cold of your favorite beverages, um, Grab yourself a nice spot on the couch or wherever you're going to be. Throw on ESPN. U Leave it on there all day. Enjoy yourselves. Make sure while you're watching the games, uh, well, one, that you're following us on socials. We are at The Crease Dive on both Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure that you are uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel. We might have something in play for Sunday.
1: Do you want to? I'm in.
0: All right, then. Yeah. let Do you want let, to announce um, it? Yeah, you get – you. I mean, it, it's your idea, so you're going to – Look, so what we're
1: going to do for for definitely it's going to be me and Jordy streaming live at least, you know, one or two of the games. We'll, we won't – I mean, unless a game gets really, really close, maybe we'll go live for it. But we're thinking about live streaming the games, talking, chatting, maybe add some PLL players to it, like kind of like a Manning cast sort of thing. Maybe we'll get, like, our boy Larkin, maybe Gutty. You know, we'll talk to some people, see what their schedules are like. but. You know, if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Um, I think it's, it would be fun. Maybe test it out, see if we can do it in the future. I think that it, it could be something cool
0: yeah so make sure that you're subscribed to the crease dive on youtube uh we'll put out more information about that on like whenever we decide to go live um but yeah just subscribe give us give us some comments give us some ratings give us you know give, give us some positive vibes heading into the college lacrosse tournament and in the meantime we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die we out And imagination is winning